Steph didn't get the record, but the Dubs get another win. The Cavs continue their winning ways. And man, Clippers Celtics was drunk. This is Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On NBA. I'm Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. He is Tony East, host of Locked On Pacers, as well as writer extraordinaire at Forbes and many other places. We are coming to you on Wednesday night, going into Thursday, after the NBA played 13 games in a single night. And there's a lot, a lot to get to. Tony, where do you want to start? We got to start with the game that ended up being the best game with a nearly crazy comeback finish from the Boston Celtics in L.A. The L.A. Clippers versus the on a back-to-back in L.A. Boston Celtics. No Paul George yet. No problem for the Clippers, Matt. Yeah, they had this game in hand. They had they had a big lead going into the second half. They had um, a... 21 point lead and yet the Clippers I mean look part of this was I actually loved Mike Fratello on the call for the Clippers because Fratello was like yeah it's like they realized that Paul George isn't out there and they started playing like they weren't scheming for Paul George Uh, look the Clippers defense or or the Celtics defense though I think still is facing a lot of issues Clippers shoot 47 percent from the field 44 percent from three on 32 attempts 14 of 32 like that's a problem especially when you give up as many points as they did to Brandon Boston Brandon Boston 27 points on 9 of 13 shooting, joins only one other Clipper as to score 27 or more under the age of 20. So good for Brandon Boston. Um, Marcus Morris adds 20 with some huge shots down the stretch, stepped up big time for them. Reggie Jackson was off. 6 of 22 from the field for 17 points. I did like the way, actually, that uh, Eric Bledsoe played. Only 9 points, 4 rebounds, 3 steals. But he made one crucial play to Kennard at the end, which helped get them uh, the put-away win. What did you see from the Celtics in this game? Yeah, Clippers broadcast loved that Bledsoe assist. And I think everyone watching the game thought he was about to have a shot clock turnover. It was a very impressive, <laughs> a very impressive pass. Yeah, Celtics, uh, I expected a little more from them in this game with Paul George out. And Dennis Schroeder continues to be a befuddling player that makes some very impressive plays that seem like he's guiding the Celtics and helping them quite a bit. And some where he has a wide open three to cut the lead to two and he triple pump fakes and then shoots a contested mid-range shot off the bounce. So they have the pieces. They look good. Marcus Smart was making plays down the stretch. Schroeder was scoring well in this game, 19 points, and the Celtics did very well in his minutes. But it just seems like they have a combo of guys that are all good and effective, but when they're all together, it doesn't quite mesh perfectly. You know, Visa Zubac was really good in this game. He had 10 points and 10 boards. He was a minus eight, and the biggest reason that he was was basically they ran into the same problem that the Jazz do where versus the Clippers where are they, they use that same strategy versus the Celtics. Like Robert Williams was a minus 17 in this game. He got killed in his minutes. He was destroyed. It was really rough for him, but the Celtics had to basically go small and they did better when they went small. Um, that to me was like another key takeaway in this game. The Celtics dropped their second in a row, rough road trip for them. Clippers kind of keep hanging around getting a win without Paul George has to feel good. Let's go to Charlotte where the Philadelphia 76ers hung on for a 110-106 game. This one was another wild one. Um, the Hornets hung in there, had a lead early. They battled all night, despite the fact that when you look at this, 
the Hornets, here's the entire rotation. Gordon Hayward, Mikhail Bridges, Nick Richards, who played 20 minutes and 41 seconds, got hurt. Uh, Kelly Oubre, Cody Martin, who played 43 minutes tonight. PJ Washington, JT Thor, and James Booknight. That's it. That's it because they got so many guys out with COVID, yet they hung around. They managed to hang within this game and almost pulled off a win despite 32 points on 8 of 17 from Joel Embiid. Insane game. Uh, 16 lead changes in this game. No one ever had a lead uh, bigger than 10 on either team the entire game. So just back and forth and back and forth. And I get that the Hornets had a bunch of guys out, but my very first note from this game and what I caught was Kelly Oubre took how many shots? Kelly Oubre shot 22 times. Gordon Hayward was feeling it early and playing aggressively. That's why the Hornets jumped out to a lead. But Kelly Oubre shooting 22 times and Bridges is only at 13. Cody Martin, who was effective, is only at 8. I know none of these guys are awesome at creating their own shot, but you'd like to maybe distribute that a little better. And on the other side, the Hornets' interior defense makes me so upset because they have so much other stuff going for them. Joel Embiid just walked all over them. 19 free throw attempts by himself for Joel Embiid in this game. That'll help you get to 32 points and help the Sixers ultimately get the win. Yeah, no Mason Plumley, no Lamella Ball, no Terry Rozier, no Jalen McDaniels, no Ish Smith. Pretty rough. Um, Plumley would have helped just by taking up fouls and being like uh, just being a, a body would have helped. It, it's rough for me with Ubre because I want good things for him after how rough last year was. Um, he is shooting thirty nine percent on the season from three, but he was three of twelve tonight. Irrelevant to the analysis of this game, but Kelly Oubre is on the all Tony East is not like watching him play team. So uh, <laughs> twenty two shots for him is unfortunate for me and my aesthetically pleasing basketball as well how about miles bridges again even despite this game where like everybody was kind of all over the place 20 points on 8 of 13 shooting five rebounds five assists in this game and a plus two in a a four point loss so i gotta ask you this do you think there's any chance that miles bridges winds up sneaking onto an all-star team not crazy the east has some interesting back of ballot guys like he him and jared allen might be fighting for the last spot in the east it's not crazy that he could end up making it well, I look forward to you having to talk about him and constant trade talks for Miles Turner over the next 18 <laughs> weeks. So enjoy Check out that. the Lockdown Pacers podcast, everybody. <laughs> Lockdown Pacers. Uh, Cavaliers win 115-92 versus the Bulls. No DeMar DeRozan tonight. Um, Bulls kind of hung around. My big takeaway from this Cavs-Bulls game, Tony, was just basically this. Uh, I am now convinced that Evan Mobley is going to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, as somebody that has bet oh, multiple yeah. times on Jalen Brown. Uh, I'm sorry, on uh, Jalen Green. Two Jalen's both about colors. I hadn't even realized that. Um, they Evan Mobley's gonna win rookie of the year. Like he was he he had, I think he had eight points in the first 40 seconds. It was crazy. Like he just like went down, scored, went down, scored, or first four possessions rather. Like went down, scored, went down, scored, went down, scored. It was crazy. He's so good at defense, he makes plays for others, he doesn't mess up the spacing, he doesn't make huge mistakes. Like Evan Mobley is awesome, he's just incredible. He doesn't make any mistakes. It's like insane on a possession to possession basis. How good it's all the stuff that's like boring, but like his positioning, his timing, his rotations, his communication, uh, simple passes, simple screens. They're all like so good and so technically good. He's not Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is obviously like one of the best players ever, but in the way that he nails the little tiny imperfections that so many guys are not good at makes me feel like Tim Duncan is playing again, even though it's not Tim Duncan. But love the Cavs this year. They are sh- stunningly fun. Stunningly fun. I mean, you've it, heard the I, nickname for, for him, right? What is it? No, I have not. Slim Duncan. 
I, is that real? That's funny. Yes. I didn't. I have not heard that. That is amongst excellent. many others. There's a bunch of nicknames floating around for Mobley, but among them, my favorite is Slim Duncan. Um, 16 points, nine rebounds, one assist, two steals, five blocks, seven stocks tonight for Mobley. Um, underrated though in this game. So marketing gets 14, Allen gets 13, 12 rebounds for Allen. Their front court really beat up on Chicago. Darius Garland was fantastic. Nine of 16, 24 points, six assists, only two turnovers. Garland is making a push for most improved player uh, alongside Miles Bridges. So um, yeah, this Cavs team, like I have been on there. Like I think they're making the playoffs. I I'm sold. I think this team is legit. I'm, I'm there with the, with the Cavaliers. Um, one more before we go break on this 13 game slate, let's talk about wizards pistons. Um, I may have had money. We have to, I, I, I may have had money on the Pistons, so I may have paid more attention to this than most people in the universe, uh, and it cashed. So thank you, Pistons, for hanging in. Pistons had a lead, go down big, rally at the end. Almost They almost get the win. It's tied. Kyle Kuzma hits one of the bigger shots of his season, maybe career. Um, big three-pointer, and then he shushes the Pistons crowd. Who are you shushing, man? It's Detroit in a rebuilding year in December. <laughs> Who are you shushing? There's no one there, Kyle. That's That's not nice. Um, Beal had a very clutch bucket at the end, but I will say this, like the Pistons, uh, the bigger thing here for me is that the wizards, they give 116 to this Detroit team that can't shoot at all. So I am a little worried that the, the wizards are kind of, um, it's getting to be midnight and the carriage is starting to look a little pumpkinish. Yeah. I, I, uh, grew up a wizards fan. So I, I follow that team quite closely. And a lot of wizards, Twitter folks are, uh, turning into the Wizards Twitter of old, I must say, even though they still have a winning record. Um, so Kuzma, big shot. They got the win, but it didn't feel right for that team for sure. And he's from Flint, so perhaps that had something to do with his shushing and waving off of the very small crowd that attends Detroit games. I believe they're last in attendance uh, at this time of the season. But yeah, if, if, fun game it turned out to be. And Jeremy Grant at the end of regulation, pulling off one of the all-time Actors Guild moments of the season to get free throws to tie the game on a shooting foul where he intentionally threw himself onto the ground and somehow got a shot up at the same time. It's kind of hard to describe how egregious it kind of felt in the moment, but credit to him. He sold it very well and got to the free throw line and Cade Cunningham continues to be a delight. Uh, That is, that is my Pistons thoughts for every time I watch them play. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll keep rolling to the big 13 game slate here on locked on NBA with Matt Moore and Tony East. We'll be right back. But first I want to tell you about Shopify. Cha-ching! I love that sound. That sound makes me smile. You know what's the sound? It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. In case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify Point of Sale and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and Shopify helps make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources to make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. They power over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. 
Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. We're also brought to you today by Truebill. You know why free trials renew without your consent? It's because it's a business scam to get you. They want to pull that money out of you. They want to pull your hard-earned money out of your pocket without you even knowing. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill's got over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for making us part of your day. Matt Moore, joined by Tony East. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Truebill. We thank them for their sponsorship. So, Tony, we're going to keep rolling through this entirely uh, gigantic slate that we've got. Let's head to the corn, the rose of Indiana, where the Indiana Pacers got themselves a very quality win versus the New York Knicks. Knicks fall to 12 and 13. Pacers put up 122. They got out to a big lead. Um, I kept waiting for the Pacers to do what they've done all season, which is suffer some sort of horrific, catastrophic, oh my God, what are you doing, collapse. And it just didn't happen. Yeah, you know, uh, I've watched every single one of their games with great detail, and I too was expecting a random 15-2 to two Knicks run, uh, speared by some weird strategic decision or a lineup that I didn't expect. But this was one of the Pacers' most complete performances of the season up there with winning in Utah and beating the Bulls by 30-something in Chicago. And their starting lineup was on point in this game it was the best that that unit has looked together maybe all season they were fantastic together three of them scoring over 20 points in Chris Duarte DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner they play well when they play with balance and they sure did in this game the Knicks had no answers it is very surprising to me to see the Knicks take a step back on defense that is not the end of the floor I expected them to be worse on this season Miles Turner had a 143 offensive rating in this game and a 103 defensive rating he was a plus 40 in net rating in this game um, I didn't catch much of this. Did the, the Pacers just beast them or was it catching them with off ball movement? I know the Knicks play a lot at the level. Was it getting them in rotation? How did they, how did they do this to them? Yeah. The, the Pacers, the last two games have gone a little bit away from the three ball. Uh, and they have put more emphasis on getting into the paint and making the defense rotate, like you said, and keeping the ball moving. And that's been a really big recipe for success for them. They're taking more shots in the paint around the basket. They had over 60 points in the paint on Monday against the Wizards. They had 60 tonight against the Knicks. They've just slightly tweaked their their game plan, and it has been extremely successful for them. 27 assists on 46 made buckets for the Pacers, who continue to confuse the ever-loving snot out of me. Uh, <laughs> the main game on ESPN tonight, which I actually did not catch because uh, I can't stand watching the Heat without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, uh, the Heat actually upset the Bucks 113-104. Pretty big game, um, in part because 
The Heat get this win without Butler and Adebayo. The Heat also now go up 2-1 in the season series versus the Bucks. So if those two teams wind up going into a playoff seeding scenario, the Heat will at least have split season season uh, season series tiebreaker. So I know it seems crazy because we're so many months away. That doesn't seem all that crazy to think about, given where we think both these teams will wind up at the end of the season. Uh, Chris Middleton goes for 20 points on 5 of 13 shooting for the Heat. How about Caleb Martin? Have yourself a night, Caleb Martin. 9 of 12 from the field, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 22 for Kyle Lowry on 21 shots. Kyle's efficiency doesn't seem great. But how about this? For P- I, this has been a weird trend. When Jimmy Butler's out, P.J. Tucker plays like not P.J. Tucker, the sedentary role player who does like two things. He dribbles, he creates, he scores. Like 15 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists for P.J. Tucker. I don't get it, but it's like only when he's absolutely needed is he able to do these things. Yeah, the Heat are so good as an organization of finding these minimum guys, these guys on the fringes of the NBA and turning them into something useful for them. And this is the kind of game where they they flex those muscles and have those guys that people don't know as well stepping up completely. I mean, I, I was joking with Matt before the show that I had to break out the pronunciation guide to practice saying, KZ Okpala and Max Struess and Caleb Martin got Caleb Martin seems easy to say, but it's guys you never talk about, but they were all in double figures for the heat in this game, all providing huge minutes for them against the defending champs. And they also, like you mentioned, PJ Tucker, but all the guys I just named are big bodied guys. They made Giannis pretty uncomfortable four for 13 for Giannis. Only, only 15 points, six rebounds, four assists. One of his worst games of the season credit the heat. They found a formula to win with a, with a Jimmy Butler was bam at a bioless team. Here's a weird one in Toronto. The Raptors lose at home again. They have been one of the worst home teams in the league this season. They fall to the Oklahoma city thunder 110, 109 as uh champagne's tip in attempt is no good after the buzzer. Just a second late. The thunder put up 110 points on the Raptors. Lou Dort goes for 22 on 18 shots. Not exactly super efficient. Um, Shea Gilders-Alexander with Shea Gilders things. 26 points on 17 shots, nine assists for Shea, including uh, what would wind up being the game-winning assist to Mike Muscala, who knocked it down. Um, this Raptors team, I I got to tell you, I don't think this Raptors team is good, Tony. I just, <laughs> I do not think that. I think Raptors fans keep kind of being like, no, we just got to get healthy. And like, we're like right there. I, I don't think this team's good. You know, I kind of want to give them a grace period to get Pascal integrated, but uh, I tend to agree with you that they are. I mean, I think when you lose to the Thunder, regardless, you're kind of not playing well at this time. And, um, you know, credit to the Raptors for almost winning it, but Muscala had a wide open three at the end of the game, complete breakdown from Toronto as they tried to shut down SGA at the basket. But I agree. They do not appear to be a very good team. And they got a lot from the guys you need to get a lot from. Van Vliet had 19 and 8 and 9, almost a triple-double. 24 from Gary Trent, 23 from Siakam, 11 rebounds. Scotty Barnes was good. And everyone else who played had nothing. I think they got 14 total points combined from the guys I didn't just name. I mean, they they just they, they have no depth. A lot of their fringe guys are interesting or provide one or two high-level skills. And are really lacking in a lot, a lot of other areas. So it's really hard for them to mix and match lineups without giving something up. So fun and funky they are. Good they are not. After losing by 73 points two games ago, the Oklahoma City Thunder are undefeated. They are now streaking two in a row. So <laughs> two wins in a row. They only got to win like 
seven more to just wear off the stink of that on their point differential for the season. Final one before we go to break, the Rocket. If you're wondering where Jackson is tonight, it's because Jackson is running around with his shirt off around the streets of Houston screaming, we're going streaking! Because the Rockets <laughs> won again. They win again over the Nets, who uh, got that big win versus Dallas. And then Kevin Durant was like, mm, going to be a rest night for your guy. Harden played. Uh, 25 points on four of 16 shooting, 25%. Harden did get to the line 16 times. The Houston fans got to experience what that was like. Um, but nobody else showed up for the Nets. Even Patty Mills, 12 points on 11 shots. Uh, Cam Thomas had 18 on 15. Paul Millsap had 10 on 11. That's it for double-digit scores for the Nets. Meanwhile, uh, 21 points for Eric Gordon, who continues to make a really good case for someone to please trade for him. Please go trade for that man. Uh, I like the live what I saw from Jay Sean Tate, even though he was three of eight from the field. I like his defense. I like his passing five assists as kind of the short roll man. Uh, Christian Wood with 12 and 15 as he continues to fill up the fantasy scoreboard there. Uh, Josh Christopher. How about this? 23 minutes. The rookie goes seven to seven from the field for 18 points. Rockets win again, continuing the longest winning streak in the NBA. The, the weirdest thing ever that they have the longest winning streak in the NBA. Very impressive, though. And they found something with this Matthews Tate forward combo. I mean, who yeah. saw that coming? Credit to the Rockets for discovering it. Garrison Matthews has played very well for them of late. Jason Tate building off of his very strong rookie year. And when Eric Gordon plays like this, they just need a couple other guys to fill their roles. And they got a lot of guys to do it. You mentioned Christopher, career high for him by a mile. I mean, it's only his 20 something game, but still, he was very impressive. Hit all four of his threes. Right, they got contributions from everybody, and I'm surprised. You know, you went with the free throw joke. There's a lot. This is Harden's first game back in Houston, by the way. This is a bigger yeah. night in Houston than has been kind of talked about for the story. But I thought the joke, the easy joke, would be, "Oh, Harden couldn't get it done in Houston again, or something like that." But I'll, I'll take a free throw <laughs> joke. That's pretty good. <laughs> mean, unnecessarily mean. Even I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I Matt Moore loves loves busting the chops at Houston Rockets fans. I thought you were going to go a little harsher at the beginning of that. I try and be a little bit nicer with Jackson when he's not here, but I'll, I'll try and catch up for it next week when he's not around uh, or when he is around. Let's go ahead and go to break. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about the rest of the slate in the NBA on this wild Wednesday. But first I need to tell you about stance. So. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about Stance Apparel lately, especially because they just launched this new line of active apparel. Uh, it's holiday gifting time, and Stance is the coolest gift you can give. So their socks, their shirts, their joggers, their hoodies, they're all extremely comfortable. I've been wearing Stance for years. They've got so many cool options for what you can get in terms of, like, Hoop-related stuff, just cool design stuff. Everything's great. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Uh, the NBA socks I have from Stance, I've gotten them like a ton of times through the years. They are still kicking for me. They're some of the most comfortable. They've got awesome ones for teams. They've got cool ones for players. Uh, I have some Wade socks, which are one of my favorites. I think they're absolutely phenomenal. Stance is killer. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Those who feel good, do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. 
Welcome back to Locked On NBA. Tony East and Matt Moore breaking down a huge slate in the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free, and it's available on all platforms. All right, let's wrap this up through this huge slate, Tony. I'm enjoying this. It's it's popping tonight, and we're going to keep going. Um, I thought the Grizzlies were going to absolutely manhandle the Mavericks. I thought they were going to just run them out because they've been playing great defense. Their scoring has been going. Instead, Memphis loses 104-96 at home to the Mavs on a back-to-back. A lot of uh, free-throw angst from Grizzlies fans in this one. Uh, despite the fact that the Grizzlies actually shot more free throws. But Dylan Brooks is ejected in the fourth quarter. They felt like there was a real huge discrepancy. Steven Adams gets teed up. Taylor Jenkins gets teed up. They were mad and off of kilter in this game. Meanwhile, the Mavericks just kind of gritted out a win. Luka with 26 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists on 10 of 19 shooting. A very Luka-type night. Kristaps Porzingis with another strong night. 19 points, 2 of 6 from 3. Four rebounds, one assist, and a steal for him. Um, they also wound up getting 15 points from Reggie Bullock, who finally, finally hit some threes. Bullock's been absolutely miserable this season. He goes four of six from three to give them an edge in the three-point category. Uh, disappointing loss, I think, for Memphis, even without John Morant, who, by the way, entered COVID protocols today, unfortunately, on top of his knee injury. Yeah, Sean Coleman, I thought, from Lockdown Grizzlies did a good job of explaining, even if it's not necessarily the discrepancy of free throws, part of Grizzlies fans' beef with the officiating in this game was it took Memphis out of any sort of rhythm they could get, which caused them to struggle more often than they would in a game that flows more naturally, especially when you don't have a point guard to get organized and get you into the stuff you want to run. It's a lot harder when there's a lot of games like this. 44 fouls! 44 fouls. I'm glad I did not catch this game in its entirety because that is a lot of fouls, but Luka was excellent. My brain hearing Tim McMahon talk about 260 pounds yesterday, seeing 26 points, having that 2-6 in it. Just, I mean, I, I don't know why my numbers brain does stuff like that. But Luke, yeah, Reggie Bullock was a, a guy that my eyes gravitated to in watching them because when he's finally hitting threes, that's why they signed him. They needed shooting pretty badly. Jason Kidd wanted more shooting, and he's a little more dynamic than just a shooter, but they needed him to be that, and he has not been that up until this game. So good to see that if you're the Mavs. Jaron Jackson was excellent, indie native, so I have to give him. Uh, his props and Desmond Payne, also Indy native, playing well in this game. They combined for 44 the Grizzlies, but they did not get enough from other guys to to keep up with Luca's excellent game. The Utah Jazz uh, were in a a real tight match with the Minnesota Timberwolves through two quarters. Uh, it, at <laughs> halftime, it was a back and forth affair. The Wolves had jumped out to. Uh, a healthy or like a big lead early. The Jazz kind of stormed back. They won the first quarter only by one. They tied in the second quarter. Jazz were only up by one. And then the second half happened. Uh, the Jazz outscore them 76 to 45 to go on to a 136-104 win as Minnesota just absolutely gets trounced. Utah with 48 points in the point in the paint, holding Minnesota to 36 points in the paint. Uh, they had Utah had 26 fast break points to only six for Minnesota. It was just a clinic in the second half. And after the game, uh, Anthony Edwards decided to a say that Rudy Gobert is not the best defender. He's not scared of him, despite the fact that they basically destroyed the Wolves in the minutes where Gobert was on the court. Um, Patrick Beverly called out Gobert for not guarding Towns, and also talked about Towns and about how. He can't like he should feel disrespected because they put Bogdanovich on him and he needs to attack quicker. Quote, like Joel Embiid, who Kat has a long standing, not great relationship with. So 
a lot of interesting comments after this game, after the Wolves get absolutely destroyed. For a game where it was basically, oh, the Jazz won another game versus an inferior opponent, a little bit more drama than I was expecting post-game. Yeah, Ant also gassing up Chris Stapp's poor Zingas post-defense in his quote talking about who he's scared of attacking at the rim. Very out-of-nowhere, strange, pointed Anthony Edwards comments after this game. I think I saw correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, but Carl Towns only takes two shots in the second half of this basketball game. That's not a winning recipe for the Minnesota Timberwolves at all. He is far and away their best offensive player. He should be taking far more than two shots, even on a game where Patrick Beverly is scoring well, which is not something he does every night. They need to go to their best player more often. And the Jazz in the second half, like you said, just rolled through this Minnesota defense. Mitchell finishes with 36. Gobert did not miss a shot. Bogdanovich shot the ball well. From basically everywhere on the floor. I mean, when the Jazz are clicking, there's a reason their offense is four or five points better than any other teams in the league because it is such a well-oiled machine. They have so many guys who can dribble, shoot, pass on this team that when they're clicking like that, they are really hard to beat, and Minnesota found out the hard way. Uh, Towns with, let's see, looks like nine shots in the second half. Did I flip the halves? Two shots in the first half. Excuse me. In the first half. Not a winning recipe, even though they were closer in the first half. Uh, you want my, my supernova red hot take? I love supernova red hot takes. Uh, Anthony Edwards will be the Damian Lillard to Carl Anthony Towns, LaMarcus Aldridge. Wow. That is a very supernova hot take. I like it. That's a very super hot take. Uh, the and Nuggets. The have- fans would be thrilled if that turned out to be the case. So, sure. uh, the Nuggets wind up, uh, pulling away from the Pelicans in overtime, they had to really scrap and claw to get back into this game. And if you want the the, the entirety, of, I'll break this down on Lockdown Nuggets. But, like, let, let me tell you uh, how the Nuggets won this game. Nikola Jokic is insane. Just absolutely berserk. 39 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, one steal. Did have six turnovers, plus four for Jokic, 17 of 23 shooting. Uh, if you just look at his two-point shooting, he shot 17 of 20 from two-point range tonight. Uh, he basically just buried the Pelicans in overtime. They managed to just scrape it out of a foul. Monte Morris hits free throws, ties the game. Uh, they get to overtime and the Nuggets are able to pull out a win. The Nuggets actually got a pretty good night from their bench, which is a very, very rare occurrence. Bones Highland returns from uh, COVID protocols, but only two of six or nine points from the field. Will Barton had 20 uh, and was a plus 13 leading that bench unit. Um, Jeff Green was pretty good. Jamichael Green had one of his better nights of the season. I was really impressed with Nikhil Alexander-Walker. 6 of 10 from the field, 15 points, really attacked in this game. Thought he was very good. Brandon Ingram only takes 12 shots in this game. No Zion, not a great defense, and Ingram only takes 12 shots. He goes 6 of 12 for 16, but really kind of confused on that. Jonas Valanciunas had himself a huge night battling Jokic. 27 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 blocks for JV. Uh, 12 of 21 from the field. He was a monster. Jokic was a bigger monster. Did I hear correctly that we had a Will Barton flu game, nonetheless, for him scoring 20 mm-hmm. points on very sick uh, circumstances? So good for Will Barton to be stepping up when the Nuggets need someone else with. You know, I, as a Pacers coverage person, I, if you recall Pacers Nuggets earlier this year, Will Barton was unbelievable. So yeah. uh, having a flu game, more Michael Jordan comparisons for me with them. And, yeah, it's very strange to see Brandon Ingram only shoot 12 times, even with Zion out. and. I can understand Valanchunas shooting a bunch, especially if he has any sort of favorable matchup. He is very strong and a unique player. And Herb Jones, great pick by the Pelicans, by the way. They nailed that one. He looks yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. Great defender. He shot very well in this game, 8 for 11. But, you know, it's like guys like Josh Hart shooting 11 times when they don't have to be created for him. And 
Graham can be very dynamic because he's a good off the dribble game, but there are nights like this where he just doesn't have it. I think you have to favor Brandon Ingram a little more on those nights. Steph Curry did not break the single, the all-time record for three-pointers by hitting 16 in a single game, as some people kind of speculate he might in the last game at uh, in San Francisco before the Warriors embark on a road trip. Uh, he did hit six threes, so now needs 10 more to claim the all-time record over Ray Allen. Uh, the Warriors do get the win, though. Another double-digit win. Did not cover the spread. Thanks for that, Warriors. Because they only shot 40% from the field and 30% from three. So here's the kind of thing. Okay, on one hand, the Warriors played pretty badly and won by double digits. So that's impressive. On the other hand, the war the Blazers were without Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, who has a collapsed lung. Yikes! That's scary. I hope CJ gets better. Use uh, of Nurkic, who is you know has been has tried to give more here and there in terms of effort. Five of fourteen from the field, twelve points. You're in a small ball matchup, and you got twelve points, thirteen thirteen rebounds. But th- this is kind of like. To me, this is indicative of if Nurkic can't step up and carry you just in terms of production against a small ball unit. That's kind of telling there. Uh, like Nasir Lillard not lot tonight, 18 points on five of eight shooting, six rebounds. Um, thought he played pretty well tonight, honestly. Um, but the honestly, the big thing was just like ultimately the Blazers just do not have enough punch. Uh, Norman Powell with 26 points, but it took him 23 shots. Uh, the Warriors' defense, if you have this kind of team that doesn't have threats, the Warriors are going to eat you alive, and that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, shout-out to Locked On Blazers host uh, Mike Richmond for my favorite tweet of the night, which is something to watch. And Esther Little is now only 2,993 pointers away from <laughs> passing Ray Allen's all-time record. Mike Richmond, very funny guy. I know, I my that. note for the Blazers was sort of like your Nurkic note, but I applied it to Norm Powell. Yeah. Norm Powell is good. They traded for him on purpose. They resigned him to a big deal because he's talented. Look, they're not going to win a lot when both Dame and CJ are out. I get that. I get that. But you got Norm Powell because he can do a little bit with the ball in his hands. 26 points. Looks great. Took him 23 shots to do it. Only made one three. Free throws kind of saved him from an abysmal night. A lot of sunken possessions there. It's got to be a little bit better. It's weird to say a guy who had 26 points used to be a little bit better, but he needs to be a little bit better. 15 misses is a lot of wasted possessions. And, yeah, you're absolutely right about the Warriors that they played pretty bad, if you're being honest. But – uh, they still pool and Curry are a great duo. They can fill it up and score. And when they're on the court together, the Warriors have been so hard to stop this year. And Curry tried to get the record. He took 17 threes, but if he had hit 16 of those, we would have led with that game and on our middle segment on this game and then closed with this game. So uh, it ended up being not a snooze fest, but as snooze fest of a Curry versus uh, Portland Trailblazers game can be. Final game. To go over on this massive slate, uh, in a defensive battle, the Sacramento Kings get their third straight win as they beat the Magic 142 to 130. Um, look, I don't think it's surprising that the Kings beat the Magic, the Magic are not good. Uh, 33 points for Fox, 12 of 18 from the field, so he got that done. Um, a lot of scoring, as you would imagine, with a score like this. I, the only thing that I'll really say about this one, um, one, Gary Harris looked like an actual NBA player for the first time in a long time, which is nice to see with 16 points on seven and 12 shooting Cole Anthony with another good game, 33 points and eight assists on 12 of 22 Cole's having a very, very good year for a rebuilding magic team. Franz Wagner rookie five of 10 from the field, 19 points, six rebounds, four assists. He's diming. He's doing a lot of good things. Wendell Carter Jr., uh, another guy I think is playing great this season. 19 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. It's very odd. If I go up and down the Magic roster, 
and I look at those guys' performance versus where they were in their careers or as a rookie. It's like if I if I compare them against my preseason expectations, I look at the Magic and I go like, there's a lot of guys having good seasons. Like they're doing a lot of the good development things. It's just like they can't win basketball games at all. They just they just can't win. Yeah, the best way to tell you how bad the Orlando Magic's defense was in this game is actually to tell you some of their offensive stats. The Magic shot 49.5%. They shot 47% from deep. They had 17 offensive rebounds. They only had 12 turnovers. And they lost by double figures because they couldn't stop the Kings at all. Those are a lot of good numbers, and they couldn't stop anyone on Sacramento. Fox needs some of these good games to get some confidence going, both for him and the Kings fan base. He was good. Halliburton had 18 points and only missed one three. Harrison Barnes had a very quiet 16. Terrence Davis had a very loud 16. They got a ton of points from their bench. The Magic could not stop anybody, anybody tonight. And the Kings, who have been known to have a volatile offense, will take over a game like this when weak defense comes their way. And Adam Silver was in the building for Magic Kings, which is probably the upset of the night, if I have to say so. (laughs) Myself. Everyone was cracking. Everyone was cracking jokes on that. Everybody was like, "Did he lose a like?" The, my favorite was Sovan Dev of the New York Times. Like, did he lose a bet? Like, that was <laughs> that was that was that was that was good. Um, I like that that Silver visits these 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 lesser games. I like that he shows up and, and pays attention to more than just you know Knicks Lakers. Good good for Adam Silver for paying attention to those other markets. Uh, that's gonna wrap up a thirteen game slate, which we breezed through in. Real efficiency. We, you and I, had an efficient night together. Just diamond passing, <laughs> ha- had the two man game going tonight. It was very well done. Good job, Tony. Thank you. I had lots of notes taken because I can't just freehand thirteen games. So I'm glad we were able to be efficient in this one. Let's wrap it up for Locked On NBA. Thanks for making this part of your day. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Check us out on YouTube as well. Give us that like and subscribe button on the old YouTube's. I'll be back next week with Jackson. Until then. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again tomorrow for another edition of Locked on NBA.